This podcast is brought to you by BankInfoSecurity.com. BankInfoSecurity.com is your source for the news and views shaping security and risk management within the finance space. What are some of the global banking and security concerns on the minds of executives in 2011? Hi, this is Tom Field, Editorial Director with Information Security Media Group. I'm speaking today with Alessandro Moretti. He's the Executive Director of UBS Investment Bank, as well as a member of the ISC Squared Board of Directors. Alessandro, thanks so much for joining me today. You're welcome, Tom. Nice to be here. If you can, just to start us up, maybe you can tell us a little bit about yourself, your experience, and the multiple roles you're playing today. Yes, yeah, so I've, got, I've got a role as a member of the Application Security Advisory Board for the IT Squared, and that's got a number of professionals on that from various industry and government um, professions. And also, you know, from my experience within the banking and financial sector over the past 10 or 12 years, because I run a, a global security function within UBS, the global bank. Now, from our perspective here in the U.S., we see a lot of fraud, we see a lot of uh, consolidation in the banking industry, certainly creating security concerns. From your global perspective, what do you see as being the top information security threats on the radar of banking and security leaders? Yeah, it's quite interesting because the Application Security Advisory Board met just in quarter four of 2010, and we discussed a number of these topics um, amongst ourselves. What we are seeing and what we discussed um, towards the end of last year was that there's actually a divergence of innovation and expectations for security against the increasing awareness within the community in banking and in government of data leakage in and around and outside of the organization and also the increasing data portability that we've got within the sector. So those, those are increasing threats and from a divergence aspect and I think from the industry sector itself and the overall community um, that, that of people that use and corporates that use technology, we're seeing, we're seeing an increasing usage of mobile applications, social media, corporate and public, what we call clouds, where information is stored electronically on various different platforms, and increasing use of service providers um, who provide services to both the banking sector and the government. And all these are what we call new innovations um, within the IT and technology sector to support um, the banking sector and government. And this is where there's, a, there's a, an expectation that security will be built in and will be part and parcel of those packages. And on the other hand, given all the, the news and media that's been going, going on recently, there's an increasing awareness and concern of who's got access to personal and corporate data and I think one of the things that have come out recently in 2010 as well and been constantly debated are things like things like Facebook security settings. If you, if you see all the personal blogs and so forth, people are more aware of what's happening to their personal data. They are debating security settings on Facebook because they're very aware and becoming increasingly aware of the portability of, of data. And that's the challenge that we've got. Um, as professionals within the sectors, including the banking sector, this divergence of expectations. So security is expected to help innovate and, uh, and enable government, government and banking sector to do more things to obviously 
you know, there's the shareholder implication. The government wants to reach out, you know, in a more dynamic way to the public versus the public and the corporate sector understanding there's a real threat out there that needs to be addressed, and they're more aware from um, a data security issue. Well, given this evolving landscape and the innovations that you mentioned, how do you see banking institutions best protecting their customers from some of the emerging security threats? It's, it's um, quite, a, quite a challenge because of the divergence. Um, one of the things that we want to do is, is to make sure that we've got the, the competency built in into our security professional organizations within the banking sector and with our partners. And that's something the, the IC squared has recognized that you know if if we essentially certify these professionals, the the more professionals out there with the more competencies, the more likely they they are going to address some of these problems. But to answer your point from a proactive and reactive aspect, there are ways to to essentially fix um, legacy issues with reactive measures so that we can react to, to challenges and threats that are appearing, and in a proactive way by developing more secure codes, more secure environments, and more secure mobile uh, platforms. Um, and one of the things that we're trying, that we're also seeing, is that you know the security is becoming more commoditized, and in, in essence, it becomes a little bit cheaper, and it becomes built in into what we would call the, the DNA of, of how we operate um, our institutions, our banking institutions, if not the government institutions. Um, penetration testing, for instance, over the past 10 years is now a commoditized product. And I would say there's, they, that's one of the reactive um, um, controls that, and, and also proactive controls that we can, we can operate within the organization. So to give an example of that, when you're developing or when you're um, innovating with some of these um, new platforms, including maybe an application for a mobile mobile device, you can actually use some of these commoditized security penetration testing um, procedures and service providers to help you understand where you put your security source. And in addition, you can use um, sort of a social engineering type penetration test, again, commoditized to well, are essentially U.S. standards as well, the typical SAS 72, to establish how, how, how secure your external service provider is. And I think some of the other things that are coming through over the course of 2011, you'll see in the next couple of years, it's much more of an appetite for security um, innovation um, on the desktop and with data. And you've, you've seen it. Everyone uses it. Most people have probably heard of the of the Apple iPod. They've all probably all started to understand you can download music now. Some of this is what we call digital rights free, but quite often it's in a it's in a format that requires um, protection and it's and it links to the Apple iTunes perhaps um, um, shop. Now in the banking sector and in, the, in other government sectors, digital rights are being applied to office documentation. And this is the principle of security follows the data concept. So essentially you will assign security attributes to a document itself. And then, you know, if it's a really portable document, if it flies around the organization, maybe, maybe it has to, has to uh, go out to another organization, the attributes stay with that document. 
and you've essentially controlled who and when and where that document can be seen. So there is innovation in the security industry to, to address some of the expectations of, of the new platforms that are coming. Another thing that um, you know, perhaps we're looking at from, from a, an industry perspective, which perhaps some, some people might, might say is a, is a um, reinvention of the mainframe, is virtualization. There are some concepts now where if we want to main, maintain control of um, external sites, so sites outside of a particular uh, headquarter or main office, virtualization is seen as a, as a way of, of controlling the desktop. So the desktop is controlled by the headquarter and you don't have to rely on security staff in remote locations and perhaps even outside of the state. Um, it's a concept that allows us to uh, make sure that the security attributes on the desktop being used by uh, external staff or staff in remote locations can be maintained securely. The virtualization is something that's coming back. Um, it's been used extensively in government uh, over the past couple of years. And you'll see that um, industry sectors are looking quite closely at the, the at, at, at this as a tool to help us with um, with this divergence of, of requirements. And of course, you know, coming back to the application security advisory board, one of the things that we're trying trying to do is, is develop um, applications, especially for these new platforms like mobile devices, in a secure manner. There's that expectation that when you download an application for a mobile device and if it's using um, your personal data that it's going to be inherently secure. Now, obviously there are platform providers like Apple that will do uh, a lot of diagnosis, if you like, security testing or checking to make sure that the application itself meets their standards. And that's something that the IT squared is looking at to enhance with a CSSLP certification. So that helps us um, develop um, applications more securely to standards that, that professionals are setting. Alessandro, I'd like to take you into another direction and talk about regulatory compliance. You know, particularly in Europe, there, you know, you've got many different privacy regulations, country by country. Um, in the U.S., there's much about breach notification, state by state, and talking about federal legislation. As a global organization, when you are working in so many different countries, what do you find to be the challenges in terms of regulatory compliance and privacy, and how do you respond to these challenges? Yeah, it's an interesting question, and it's one where we have to rely on, to a certain extent, other professionals, like the legal and compliance community who are in touch with the regulator. Um, and there's, there's a partnership between the security pro professional in technology, or maybe in um, information security, and the legal and compliance specialist. Because quite often, you'll find that the regulations are very pertinent to region or regions associated with regulator. Um, in Europe, there is there are some common regulators, certainly for the banking sector. And then in Asia-Pacific, again, what you'll find in Asia-Pacific is that there is much more uh, an aggressive stance by the regulators there to set the pace of what they expect, um, certainly the banking and government sectors, to be doing um, as regards information security. Well, I think security concepts are not new. Um, and essentially what the regulators are, are trying to do is address the pace of change and innovation that we talked about in the start of this interview. And, and I think the banks 
will certainly have two to five year programs to address those security concepts. The issue that we have from the regulators, therefore, is not so much the security concepts itself, it's sometimes the vagueness and perhaps change of direction depending on which regulator or, or which um, region you're, you're operating in. So a small change on a regulation relating to data protection in one, one region, it may be because there are legalities with that, can impact the whole project. Now, for instance, if you've got a two to five year project and you've put a project plan in place, you've decided on the technology to accommodate that. And then certain technology is viewed as uh, not being suitable by one regulator. And then, of course, then that impacts the, the global rollout. Many of the, of the banks and financial institutions are operating at least regionally, and I say region, you know, as you point out, could be Europe and or um, Asia Pacific. So it's that reclassification issue or, and a change of direction which, which impacts us from a regulation aspect. Um, however, saying that, you know, a lot of the regulators uh, and, um, are discussing security concepts with each other, and I think it's healthy. Um, and I, I do expect over the course of the next three to four to five years for the U.S. to understand some of those changes. Uh, the U.S. perhaps has got a slightly different appetite for electronic security measures than perhaps some of the regulators do in Asia Pacific, and that and that can be a difference when we're offering the platforms on a global basis. Another question for you is about fraud. In the U.S., we've just conducted a fraud study where we find that payment card fraud, phishing and vishing, check fraud remain top concerns. When you look across the countries that you work in, what are the top banking fraud concerns and how have they been addressed? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting topic, fraud. Some people talk about fraud in a different um, aspect. I think your implied definition where you're out to um, seek financial gain is the appropriate one to talk about. The, typically, I think the external organizations um, targeting banking sectors are known about, and they're becoming more, more sophisticated in terms of trying to defeat security for financial gain. But I would say that's dealing and not fraud. So the fraud aspect we mainly talk about is from clients or even employees are falsifying identity or information for financial gain. And I think that's, that's more the topic that we probably need to, to uh, emphasize on this particular call. So it's the identification and, um, and false identification being processed or the copy process to get access to new accounts or existing accounts is certainly a threat that is, I would say, is increasing. But, but we are concerned about from both from a security professional um, organization um, and also probably from the industry, if not the government sector. But in fact, we rely on the government to, to set the president here to make sure that we can get a standard, perhaps globally, in terms of um, understanding and verifying someone's identity. might be different in, a, in the corporate world, but certainly if we can identify an individual and it's government certified, that helps us combat the falsification of identification for financial gain in some of the electronic systems. You know, for instance, 
um, you can go. You can, most people probably can create Yahoo accounts, and there are some other social uh, networking sites where you can claim to be a professional, but there's no verification of your identity. So there is a, um, quite a, a challenge, I would say, over the course of the next two to three years to see if we can come up with a common standard to, to verify a person's individual uh, credentials in, in that aspect to help us combat any fraud that happens on in certainly in the financial sector. Well, we've talked a lot about a lot of topics here. We've talked about social media, the uh, the advent of mobile technology, regulatory concerns, fraud. If you could boil it down, what advice would you offer to banking and security leaders when dealing with the global challenges that they face in 2011? Yeah, certainly from a global perspective, from the, from the U.S.-based institutions, it's to understand when and where and how you are operating out, outside of the outside of U.S. legal territory. I call it legal territory for the moment. And that sort of leads on to one of my earlier comments, is that really in each region that you're operating in, you do need to seek out the local legal professional. It, it's too difficult and too hard to, to make assumptions that you would understand and compare and contrast U.S. regulations with what happens on the local, um, in the local territory outside of the U.S. that you're operating in. So certainly make sure you've got good legal representation. Um, and, and another point from a, from a risk and security professional aspect, you're also saying that you, know, you cannot transfer risk um, by using an external service provider or by using a partner. Risk has to be understood and you have to control that risk. So if you are operating in, in uh, another jurisdiction, you are operating with a partner, you still need to do some due diligence in terms of what that um, external partner, and it could be a financial partner, is providing to you. And you will then you know, put in your uh, due diligence uh, processes including you know service provider assessments and even look down to the technologies we talked about earlier maybe you'd want to control the security of the technology operating in outside of the US in, with that local provider by by offering um, virtualization so at least you can control it so I think there are those are sort of the key things that uh, most I would say US based organizations should seek out and, and uh, take and be cognizant of very good, Alessandro. I appreciate your time and your insight today. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, Tom. We've been talking about global banking and security concerns. We've been talking with Alessandro Moretti. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much. This podcast has been brought to you by BankInfoSecurity.com. For more interviews, breaking news, research, and educational webinars, please visit www.BankInfoSecurity.com.